Good morning, Regent. My name is Rebecca Anderson, and I'm so glad to be with you this morning. We live in uncertain times. Each day we turn on the news or we log into social media and brace ourselves to see what new crisis or tragedy is sweeping the nation. During Advent, we celebrate that Jesus brings with him a gift, peace for our uncertain times. Scripture says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and that his peace walks, walks guard duty around our hearts and minds. Scripture also tells us he himself is our peace. Peace isn't something that Jesus has. It's not something he makes. It's not something he gives. Peace is a person. Peace is who Jesus is. And this is good news. Peace isn't something we have to find because Jesus has come to find us. Because Jesus is always with us. Peace comes with us wherever we go. As Jesus's people, we are called to share that peace in the same way the angel shared, with, shared it with the shepherds all those years ago. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Would you pray with me? Prince of Peace, we invite you today to bring your peace into our troubled lives and our troubled world. In this Advent season, help us to be agents of your peace as we walk with you, sharing your presence wherever we go. We pray this in the name of the one who is our peace, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, Regent family. We're so glad to be with you, even though it's virtually online this morning. And I just have uh, some announcements I want to share with you now. We've got, because of the Christmas season, we do kind of have a lot coming up. So just hang with me um, as we work our way through these. First of all, uh, I want to invite you to fill out the digital communication card that you're going to get in a text. Um, that's just a way in this season where we're so uh, disconnected and scattered, we want to make sure that we're staying connected and kind of knowing how everyone's doing, what all is happening in your world. And so we invite you to fill that out just as a way of us, to, of us being connected with you. Secondly, um, I want to invite you to be part of our Summit Academy Christmas gift extravaganza. Normally we've done a Thanksgiving um, dinner for, th for Summit Academy and we've done a Christmas party and because of COVID we've not been able to do any of that this year. Instead we're going to be giving the kids gift cards and so I just want to invite you, you can go to myregen.org, go to our giving page and then when you give there in the drop down menu, one of the options is Local Outreach Summit Academy. We're trying to raise about $1,500, which will allow us to give the students a $20 gift card each. So we'd love for you to be a part of this way that we can bless our local community. Third, we're still going to be having our very Merry Christmas right here at Regen. It'll be outside on Sunday, December 20th at 5 p.m. We're going to have a Nova here for donuts and hot cocoa. We're going to be um, enjoying Christmas carols and an encouraging message about Christmas. Um, we also ask you to bring your own fire and fire pit and firewood if you want. Uh, dress warm and feel free to bring friends and family as we celebrate uh, Jesus together. And then finally, we're also doing our signups for our J term. And those are groups that are going to be meeting throughout the month of January in 2021. And those groups are just an opportunity for us to dive deeper and to stay connected um, in this season. And so uh, you'll see um, on our social media and our emails, links to go and sign up for that those groups and so i want to invite you to do that we really want everyone to be signed up before christmas because those groups are going to start off right away the first week 
So at this time, um, that's all my announcements, and I just want to invite you um, to read our giving liturgy together with me. And I just want to even ask that you would do this, even in your own home, that you would read it out loud from the screen. Holy Father, there is nothing I have that you have not given me. All that I have and am belong to you, bought with the blood of Jesus. To spend everything on myself and to give without sacrifice is the way of the world that you cannot abide. But generosity is the way of those who call Christ their Lord, who love him with free hearts and serve him with renewed minds, who withstand the delusion of riches that chokes the word, whose hearts are in your kingdom and not in the systems of the world. I am determined to increase in generosity until it can be said that there is no needy person among us. I am determined to be trustworthy with such a little thing as money that you may trust me with true riches. Above all, I am determined to be generous because you, Father, are generous. It is the delight of your daughters and sons to share your traits and to show what you are like to all the world. Let's continue with worship. Hey, Regen, good morning. I'm so glad to be with you, even as we've made the pivot back to online-only gathering here through the end of December. I'm just so thankful for our team and for the work that they have done uh, this week to make that happen. Uh, you'll notice from the song that we just worshiped together with to now, it went from night to day, and it's kind of done that back and forth. As we made the pivot this week, it just was easier for schedules for the band to record in the evening and for Steph and I to do our parts in the morning. Just thought I'd name that so you don't feel like you're tripping out and time is wobbling back and forth, it's not. Also want to say thanks to Randy Banning for preaching an excellent message last Sunday on grief and loss and how that can steal our Christmas, but about how Jesus' presence in the midst of that changes everything. I, I've been really excited to uh, see our people in our spiritual family growing into their giftedness and uh, equipping and empowering others to do that. So thanks, Randy, for doing that. And thanks to all of you who reached out and encouraged her. I'm just so glad to be with you this morning, and I miss you, but we know that out of love for our community, out of love for our spiritual family, this is the wise and loving way forward, and so we will be online, gathering online only uh, through the end of December while we engage again in these weird times. And I think I just want to remind you that we have done this before, so this is not March where we're kind of adjusting, but we have been in this place. And Jesus' invitation for you in this season is to give your attention to him and to draw near to him. And that's why this morning's sermon on distraction and its ability to steal our Christmas, I think, is pretty well timed. So I want to pray, and if you have your Bible, go ahead and look at Luke chapter 2, but let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful that even as I preach this message on Thursday morning, that as my spiritual family tunes in on Sunday morning, that you are as present to me now as you are to them in the future. God, I give you thanks that you are big. I give you thanks that you are outside of time, that you are bringing all of creation to its intended purpose. Uh, and you're, the face of your purposes is Jesus. And so it's him we're seeking after this morning. It's him we're eager to have more of in our lives. And for, we're eager for him to have more access to us too. So, Father, uh, take uh, the, these words that uh, I feel like you've given me and use them for your people's good and for your glory, I pray. I pray this trusting that whatever the nature of the Lord 
is spoken of, there is present. Thanks for being present here with us too, Jesus. Pray this in your name. Amen. Ever since I was little, when Christmas would come to an end, I would feel this sense of sadness that it was over. And that sense of sadness and longing in the days immediately after Christmas sticks with me to this day. And when I think about that feeling, that feeling of Christmas being over, I'm always reminded of that song, So This Is Christmas. Do you know that song? It was uh, debuted in 1972. It's written by John Lennon. I didn't know this, so I started studying it, but it's actually a protest song against the Vietnam War. And uh, so you, the, this song, So This Is Christmas, always kind of fills me with this sense of, did I get the most out of it? So this is Christmas, I hope you have fun. Like, it makes me feel every year, did I really make the most out of this really special time of year? And I've never felt that so strongly as I did last Christmas, Christmas 2019, and that's because it was Jack's first Christmas. Uh, every Christmas kind of before that, or a lot of the Christmases before that with Steph and I, those Christmases were sad because we were still struggling with infertility and miscarriage and wishing that we had a child to kind of be a part of those experiences. And then we had Jack and Christmas last year was so good. And I think it's probably gonna be even better this year now that he's just older and more uh, aware of the world around him. And so I remember Christmas came to an end last year we were out driving and this song, So This Is Christmas, it, it came on the radio and I was just struck by such a sense of did I make the most out of this Christmas? Did I absorb every bit of it? Was I as present with Jack and, and with Steph as I wanted to be? Was I as present with my spiritual family and my biological family as I wanted to be? And the reason I feel that is because Christmas goes by in an instant. I mean, you wake up on December 1st, you go to bed, you wake up, it's December the 26th, and it's really time to take your trees down. And it feels like you just put them up and there's decorating and cookies and parties and, and events and all of these experiences that we want to have and, and it makes Christmas go by so quickly and now we come to Christmas 2020 and a lot of us if you're anything like me and Steph in our house we have very few commitments if any on our calendar between now and Christmas I talked to a friend the other day he said I have one holiday event with some friends between now between Thanksgiving and Christmas one it makes you think this Christmas could be really slow um, as we have to change our plans, as family decide not to travel. It, this Christmas is looking different, and honestly, we, we feel a little out of control. We feel a little afraid. We feel a little anxious. We feel a little isolated. And, and in the midst of that, in the midst of feeling out of control and disappointed and sad, in the midst of having a slower Christmas, the irony is that it's actually difficult, just as difficult to be present to this Christmas as any other Christmas prior. It's maybe even more difficult to be present this Christmas. And that's why this morning's sermon is about distraction, because what I want to tell you this morning is that, that, that COVID is not the Grinch that's going to steal your Christmas, or it doesn't have to be. The more likely Grinch that could steal your Christmas this year is distraction. It's distraction. My, my, my original plan had been to preach on busyness. And then I looked at my calendar and I realized how empty it was. And I realized.
realize that even though my schedule is relatively unbusy, my mind and my heart still feel pretty busy. I still feel distracted. A, a schedule's busyness and a heart and mind's distraction, they're rooted in the same thing. They're rooted in hurry. And it's distraction uh, that, we, that seeks to steal our Christmas from us this year. What is distraction? Uh, the, the, the American Psychological Association defines distraction as a stimulus or task that draws attention away from the task of primary interest. It's a stimulus or task that draws attention away from the task of primary interest. Let me tell you what the task of primary interest is this Christmas. It's the same task of primary interest as last Christmas and Christmas 50 years ago and every Christmas ever. The primary task of Christmas is to be present to the Lord who has made himself present to us in Jesus. The primary task of Christmas is to make ourselves present to the Lord uh, just as the Lord has made himself present to us in Jesus who is Emmanuel. The secondary task, the task that flows from that is the task of being present to our loved ones those that we're at home with, or the ones that we're connecting with over Zoom. And what I'm saying is that the primary task of being present to the Lord, the primary task of being present to our loved ones, the primary task of experiencing Christmas this year, because of our anxiety, because of our out of control, feeling out of control, because of um, our tiredness, because of our fear, because of our hopelessness, because of our isolation, for a lot of us it will just be easier to distract ourselves instead of being present to the primary task, to the primary interest. It'll be easier to distract ourselves, to be bodily present to Christmas, but emotionally, mentally, and relationally absent, even to the people in our home, because it would just be easier to distract ourselves, to avoid the feeling, to not pay attention. And the reality is that there, if a distraction is a task for a stimuli, there are three stimuli this Christmas season that I think we are all especially prone to as a way to distract ourselves from the disappointment and the frustration we feel over Christmas with COVID. And that first stimulus, that first distraction is screens and scrolling. And by the way, let's just start out and acknowledge the irony that I'm talking about how screens can be a distraction while you are watching me on the screen. But I would also like to point out, I would bet you 20 bucks right now that as I'm talking, you're also texting or on Facebook or shopping on Amazon while I'm doing this. I know you. I love you. I see you. I know how we are. Here's something really interesting. Nielsen found uh, a difference in the time spent online when quarantine began. So in March 2019, they measured how much online time we spent on mobile devices. Fast forward to 2020, when COVID begins and lockdown begins, there is a 215% increase in online mobile device usage in March 2020 over March 2019. That means there was 215% more time on screens and scrolling in March of 2020 than there was in March of 2019. Video game usage doubled in quarter one of 2020. Pornography consumption increased rapidly in quarter one of 2020. Americans have watched, read, and searched for news at unprecedented rates of this time. And now we come to Christmas, and there's like legitimate stuff to watch on your screen. I'm talking Elf, I'm talking Christmas Vacation, I'm talking The Holiday, I'm talking about all of the Hallmark movies that you and I already know how they're going to end, but we keep watching anyway. 
We, we miss our people, and so we are on screens talking to them on FaceTime, or sometimes just kind of scrolling endlessly on Instagram and Facebook to find some brief moment of happiness of an otherwise disappointing day. And while we can scroll infinitely on Facebook, while we can watch endless hours of Hallmark, I mean all day, every day this time of year, while we may think we're running, we're drinking from a well that won't run dry, like a well that'll kind of keep us happy in a kind of bummer of a year, what we're really doing is drinking only what which, that which makes us more thirsty. And it ultimately leaves us absent from the task at hand, which is being present to our loved ones and being present to the Lord. So the first distraction is screens and strolling, scrolling. The second distraction is shopping. I don't know if you noticed this, but back in October, uh, even maybe in late September, the ads we were getting in the mail already have like a holiday, wintry, Christmassy to them. And Steph's point was it's almost like we skipped Thanksgiving because we were talking about Christmas before Halloween, right? Uh, and, and now it turns out that Black, Black Friday isn't just like a day or like a day and a half, it's now a whole month. And so the other day I'm out, I'm shopping for Steph's birthday, um, and all of our plans for what her birthday was going to look like changed. We were going to go on a trip and then Oh, let's not go on a trip. Let's just go over to Pittsburgh and get an Airbnb and go to a nice restaurant. Oh, let's just stay here in town and go to a restaurant. Uh, okay, let's just stay home. And, and so because it, it was a big birthday for her and uh, everything had changed, I'm walking around Target and I'm thinking to myself, why don't I just buy her more? Like, why don't I buy her more stuff to kind of counterbalance the fact that like we can't do the fun things that we wanted to play? And, and, and there's a sense of generosity in that, right? There's a sense of generosity to say, I can't be with my grandkids, so I just want to do something a little extra to like bless them. I can't do, we can't do the thing that we had planned to do with my kids, so I'm just going to give them a little extra. But there's a fine line between that and saying, I'm going to just buy extra because that buys happiness. There's a fine line uh, between, between saying, I just want to be a little generous because it's kind of been a sad year and I can control my happiness by buying. Did you know that when you like log on to Amazon or like when you walk into Target, this like hunting gathering part of our brain turns on and even like the smell of Target and like the view of the Target dollar spot or like the Amazon logo on the top of the screen, it starts to release pheromones and hormones and chemicals in your brain that build and build and build and climax, frankly, when you click buy or when you walk up to the register. And it's the same sense that like our ancestors got when they killed the woolly mammoth, when you walk out of Target with like the sweater that you got on sale, our brains have like a chemical high that is akin to drug usage. And so we have that and it's easy to say, I feel unhappy, I feel sad, I feel out of control, so I'm gonna buy stuff to make us happy. I mean, Steph and I have even found ourselves buying more Christmas decorations that frankly, we don't need so that we can kind of turn our house into like a fortress of happiness this holiday season because our plans look different than they usually do. I'm wondering if we might be using shopping as a way to distract ourselves from the primary task at hand, which is to be present to the Lord and to be present to our loved ones. And I'm actually wondering if there's an invitation this season to learn as something that the Grinch learned, and we'll talk about that in a second. But the third stimulus, the third distraction, it's, forgive me for using this, it's stuffing your face. And the reason I went with it, stuffing your face, which is not the most glamorous of imagery to use in, in a sermon, but scrolling screens and shopping and 
stuff in your face. I don't know if you've noticed, but um, the commercials we have changed, we've been watching have changed. Before quarantine, before COVID, the primary, Nielsen categorizes these things, the primary kind of commercials you and I were seeing before COVID were about entertainment, restaurants, and clothing. Also perfume, by the way, if that's interesting to you. Now, most of the commercials you and I are watching are about online media, ready-to-eat food, and then I love that these are three categories of commercial. Are you ready? Salted snacks, cheese, and beer. In fact, the number one ad buy right now on TV is for beer. You are objectively seeing more beer and alcohol commercials right now than you've ever seen in your life. And like shopping and screens, we are leaning into stuffing our faces with Christmas cookies and Christmas cocktails and Christmas bottles of wine. Um, we ended up getting an Aldi wine ca advent calendar. Like, so you open it up, there's like a little bottle of wine every day. Uh, I don't know if that's healthy or not, but now there it is in our house. And, uh, and so you, you, you find yourself, I mean, I don't know about you, but like nothing like the out of control time of our life right now makes like sugar taste so good. And so we find ourselves already kind of under the cover of the holiday season when we all eat a little more than we should anyway, now using food to distract ourselves. And hear me, screens and scrolling, shopping, stuffing your face, and eating, these are all on some level neutral things. Just because you're eating or shopping or on your phone in this season doesn't mean like something super terrible, but I'm wondering if these very common activities, if we're actually kind of using them to another end or another purpose by which we can kind of isolate ourselves from like the negative feelings that we're experiencing in this, that we're and in the process isolating ourselves from the people in our house and the people that we're called to love on in this season, and even more so, isolating ourselves from the Lord. And, and you might think I'm making a big deal out of this, and maybe I am, but listen to this quote from Ronald Rollheiser in his book, The Holy Longing. He writes, We, for every kind of reason, good and bad, are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. It's not that we have anything against God, against death, against spirit, we would like these. It's just that we have habitually, we, we are habitually too preoccupied to have any of these show up on our radar screens. We are more busy than bad, more distracted than non-spiritual, more interested in the movie theater, the sports stadium, and the shopping mall, and the fantasy life they produce in us than we are in church. Pathological busyness, distraction, and restlessness are major roadblocks today within our spiritual lives. He says, we, for every kind of reason, are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. And I, I can't help but wonder if this Christmas, when our expectations are already a little higher than they usually are, as those expectations are being dashed by changed plans and COVID and, our, and all of these things, I can't help but wonder if we are trying to distract ourselves into spiritual oblivion, if we are using shopping and screens and stuffing your face to kind of isolate ourselves from how we're really truly feeling about the season. And in contrast to that, what Jesus invites us to in this season is to be present to him and to be present to those around us. And let, let me show you what I mean. Let's look at Luke chapter 2 together. Luke chapter 2. And let, let's start in verse 8. This is the Christmas story. It's a great passage. It says, that night, this is verse 8 of chapter 2, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. 
Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And it says they were terrified. When people meet angels in the Bible, they're scared. It's because angels are not like precious moments dolls on your grandma's like mantle. They are warrior messengers, right? They have a job to do. Verse 10, but the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly strips of cloth lying in a manger. Verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to them, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. Now zoom in with me on, verse, on verses 16 through 20. They, the shepherds, hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. What's so striking to me about this part of the Christmas story is how noisy and chaotic it is. Angels are interrupting, there's choirs, they're singing, shepherds hurry, and they're running through the town, and they're proclaiming this good news, and then they leave town. Glorifying and praising God, that's noisiness too. And in the midst of the hustle and the bustle and the activity, we find Mary in a totally different posture. It says, Mary kept all of what was happening. She kept all these things in her heart. Other translations say that she pondered them in her heart or treasured them in her heart. See, what's happening is in this moment of chaotic, busy, and honestly a lot of distractions around her, Mary is present to the Lord. It's like Mary is taking mental pictures of every moment, of every sight, of every sound, of every smell. But if this was 2020, you can't help but wonder if it would be a different scene, because the shepherds wouldn't be running through town to share the news, they would just be tweeting it. Another would be live streaming the event to Facebook, hoping that, like, the local news channel would Mary wouldn't be storing up all of this in her heart. She'd be storing it up in her Instagram stories. And Joseph would be absentmindedly changing Jesus' diaper while looking at lumber futures on his phone. But Mary ponders all of this in her heart, and she treasures up each moment. The, the Greek word, it's only used rarely in the New Testament. It means to carefully and permanently store in the memory. And, and can I suggest to you, you can't do that if you're distracted can't treasure up each moment while scrolling. You can't hold each moment dear and be present to the Lord while endlessly looking for another thing to buy on Amazon Prime. You can't be fully present while constantly using food to chase away the bad feelings. See, what Mary is doing is what the psalmist describes in Psalm 16. He says, I have set the Lord always before me. I mean, what's always before me is this. What's always before me is another plate of food. What's always before me is a TV. But what the psalmist says is, I have set the Lord always before me. 
Christmas is first and foremost a summons to the people of Jesus to give notice to the arrival of their Savior and to look forward to Jesus' second coming. It is a call, Christmas, to ponder the meaning of the season, to be the faithful who come to Bethlehem and see, to see this Jesus born and given to us, to see God making himself present to us and inviting us to be present to him. And the reality is that almost every Christmas is just too busy for us to pause, too chaotic for us to reflect, too hurried for us to absorb. And what if this Christmas, with its disappointment and its frustration and feeling out of control and angry and sad and hopeless, what if this Christmas is actually the invitation to having the Christmas we always wanted? What if the slower pace helps us be present to the Lord? What if, what if the slower pace helps us be more present to our loved ones, even if that's only on Zoom? And, and let me just stop and say, I recognize some of us live alone. I recognize that some of us live very far from our children. I recognize some of us don't have good relationships with our family. And so there's loneliness in this season, and that's why the last sermon in this series will be on loneliness and on the nearness of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit in the midst of that, the invitation of this season is to absorb and reflect and engage and to ponder all of these things in our heart, to be formed by the season and not just forced through it. And what if, by deleting distraction, we end up having the Christmas we always wanted, even if this was the Christmas we never wanted? How do we delete distraction to make the Lord and set the Lord always before us, to be present to him as he is present to us? A few ways. First, create a predictable pattern by which you are present to the Lord, individually and as a family. And an easy way to do this right now is with an Advent devotional, of which there are millions. I'm reading a book right now by an Episcopal priest named Fleming Rutledge. She's an incredible preacher, uh, and, and she has incredible sermons on Advent, I'm reading that. Not all of us may be that nerdy. And so a few other options. Um, Christianity Today, Today has a great Advent devotional for free. Biola University, if you go to Biola, B-I-O-L-A, if you look up Biola Advent Project, they have these great daily devotionals that pair art, poetry and music, and then a reflection on Christmas and scripture. Um, I love this app called Dwell. Uh, it's an audio Bible listening app. If you have version or the Bible app, there's lots of Advent readings there. But what if you carve out a time, predictable pattern for you personally to experience the season, and maybe for you to do that as a family. Second, if the verse is to create a predictable pattern by which we press the Lord, then we have to ruthlessly eliminate the and so one of those has to do with eliminating screen time. One of those has to do with eliminating screen time. Limit your news intake. Uh, put your phone to bed before you go to bed. Uh, decide how much TV you're going to watch every day and keep it off the rest of the time. Uh, put limits on your social media. My Instagram account, it shuts down every day once I've used it for 15 minutes. 
minutes, and I'm embarrassed to tell you how fast 15 minutes goes every day. Um, make sure that there's no phones at the table. What we tend to think is that our, our phones, and this is getting into a whole other topic, but, but what we tend to think is that our devices are just these neutral partners in our life, but actually our devices are trying to turn us into certain kinds of people. They're trying to turn us into more distracted people, more addicted people, more connected people, but also then more mindless people. And so we have to own our streets. We have to eliminate the scrolling. If you're watching a Christmas movie with your kids, don't let any other screen be on. Don't be also shopping and also doing this. And speaking of shopping, decide on a gift-giving budget and stick to it, right? And I'm not saying it's not to be more generous this year. I mean, Steph and I have talked, you know, we're not going to be eating out at all between now and Christmas, unless we're, like, getting takeout Chipotle or something, you know, swanky. And so um, we can use some of that money toward Christmas gifts in a way that we wouldn't have before. But I think what's so easy to do is just to blow the budget and buy whatever you want and kind of try to be controlling your happiness, but that's going to come and punish you uh, back in January. And, and speaking of that, by the way, uh, Rich Hudak, who's a part of our spiritual family here, will be leading uh, a course on like financial literacy and using our money God's way as part of our J-term. So think about that. Um, it's okay to be generous. It's not okay to be foolish. And then finally, and this is something that Steph and I have been trying to live into for about six or seven months now, is having one day as a Sabbath where we disconnect from our phones as best we can, where we disconnect from screens, where we really are intentionally focused on Jack. And a really great book to help you start thinking about that is a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Uh, Corey Bradley, by the way, is kind of our resident unhurrying expert. And I uh, just finished a group on that, but that book is absolutely incredible. The goal of this season, the first task of the season, the primary interest of this season is being present to the Lord as he is present with us. Sometimes I find myself praying, Father, gather me to be with you as you are with me. Gather me to be with you as you are with me. Because I know my brain and my heart and my mind are just fractured and scattered in 20,000 different places. And so sometimes setting the Lord before you is as simple as praying that. Gather me to be with you as you are with me. Because the Lord is so present to us. The Lord has set us always before him. He did that in Jesus. He did that in this Jesus who grew in statue and stature and favor with the Lord and lived and died and rose again to make us a possession of the Father. We are always before him, and he invites us this Christmas season to set him before us. Would you pray with me? Father, would you enable us this season to experience the glory of who Jesus is? Think about that passage where it says the glory of the Lord shone around them. May the glory of the Lord shine on our days. Even as we're distanced and scattered, as we're disappointed and frustrated. Lord, may we not distract ourselves into oblivion, but be present to you and to those we love this Christmas in a way that we've never before. May this Christmas that we never wanted be the Christmas we always hoped for. We pray in Jesus' name. Every Sunday, we try to um, lean into a revelation and response culture here at Regen. And so as we've been hearing from God's word, we want to take time and really see how God has gotten your attention. And I know that it can be hard when you're at home and there's distractions and other things going on, whether that's your kids or maybe lunches. 
is almost done in the crock pot or the oven or something, but we do want to make sure that we're still thinking about how God is getting our attention and really living into that in a way that transforms our lives. And it isn't just something that we uh, listen to and walk away from, but that we actually absorb and, and allow to take root into our hearts and our minds. So this morning, as Kyle preached, he talked about distractions. And, and my question for you this morning is just how is God getting your attention? Is it that screens and scrolling are stealing your time away? Is it that stuff in your face is a way that you're dealing with your anxiety? Um, is it that shopping is something that you're using to bring you joy? So I just want to invite you to ask the Father to really highlight for you which area is one that you're struggling with this year. And then I want to invite you to commit to one way that you're going to live differently in this next week. So whether that's listening to the Dwell Bible app, whether that's um, intentionally putting your phone down, whether that's you and your household deciding that you want to practice Sabbath together, um, let's just take a minute or so and just focus on that. Um, and then I'll uh, pray for us and then Julia um, will lead us in a final song. And if you need to, to jump off, we're so glad that we got to worship with you this morning. Um, but if you want to stay and worship with our team, we'd invite you to do that for one final song. And for those of you that really need prayer this morning, I want to invite you to join our Zoom prayer room. In the description of this video, there will be a link, a Zoom link. You can just click on that and you can join our team. I'll actually, weirdly enough, be there. And um, we'll be able to put you into a room with some of our oversight team to be prayed for. Um, and so if that's whether you're dealing with some anxiety, whether you're dealing with health issues, or maybe this sermon just really struck a nerve and you sense that you need more help, to process that, um, we'd invite you to join us in prayer. So let's just take 30 seconds here and then I'll close us in prayer and then the team will, will lead us in that final song. Father, we thank you for just this opportunity to be together, even though it's online. We thank you for the fact that your word speaks to our hearts and our minds, even when we're not present in the same space. And so Father, I pray that in this season of Advent, that our spiritual family would experience you in such deep, and meaningful ways, and that the connection that they feel with one another would grow deeper and deeper, and we just entrust this to you, Holy Spirit.